Hello and welcome. It's the pleasure of Power to Change to present Family Life Today each week, Monday through Friday at this time. We'd love you to contact this station and tell them how much you appreciate hearing Family Life Today. Well, let's get started on today's edition. Have you ever been in a circumstance where you were standing near two people and they started hitting each other in a fight? Uh, Yeah, several times. What? Detroit Lions locker room. Really? Halftime. There were a couple times where I saw violence in my own home when Mm -hmm. my mom and dad were going through a divorce. Either way, when violence is that close to you, it is not only scary, it can be traumatic and leave, leave marks for a lifetime. And I think today we're going to talk a little bit about how that affects a home and affects a blended family. We've got Ron Deal with us back at Family Life today. Ron is the director of our blended family ministry at Family Life. Welcome back to Family Life today, Ron. Hey, guys. Always good to be with you. I guess I should ask you the same question Ann asked me. Have you ever been that close to a couple people going at it? Yeah. You know, I've been on a crowded bus when a couple people just started pushing and shoving. And, you know, I was close enough that I felt the movement and thought, all right, I'm about to get hit also. You know, something's going to happen here. How do I avoid what's going on? How do I step out of the way? Imagine if it was two people you really cared about, whether they were friends or maybe family members, or imagine you're a child and you're seeing this hostile act between your parents. And there you are, like close enough to be on the receiving end of some of the blows, perhaps if they go awry, or you just care about the people and you want them to stop. This is all a a metaphor. It's a way of thinking about the conflict that takes place between parents, whether they're married or in the case of our conversation today, if they're divorced from one another, but they still have to continue to be parents. We call those co-parents, co-parenting and raising these children, even though you're not living under the same household. So our conversation today is from a Family Life Blended podcast where I was talking with Dr. Mary Jepson. She's a therapist who specializes in working with hostile co-parents. As a matter of fact, court-ordered co-parents is her specialty. Mm. So you know these are people that it's even got to the legal system. They've been required to go see somebody to help them to not do that so much. She authored a professional manual for therapists around this subject that I endorse, by the way, and think is really great. She and her husband, Michael, have 11, count them, 11 adult Mm. children. So let me just say this conversation, I think, is applicable to a lot of people, single parents. It's applicable to blended family couples to grandparents who have grandchildren (laughs) that they care deeply about who may be this, extended family members, obviously, who care about, you know, nieces or nephews or uh, connected to their family, and to ministry leaders who work with kids. My goodness, a fair percentage of children who are coming in and out of your children's ministry, your student ministry, every weekend have experienced something like what we're talking about today. So I just invite everybody to listen for how you could help a friend or help your own situation. Parents are the most important people in a child's life, right? I mean, your mom, your dad. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know about you, but I tried to please my father till I was 54, for goodness sake. So here I am, a younger child in a divorce situation, I'm pulled between two parents. My world has been rocked. My safety is based on 
my home. And my home is based on mom and dad being together. So that home breaks up and my sense of safety is totally rocked. I've got to find another sense of safety. And in situations where moms and dads continue to fight, at least openly in front of the children, I'm not sure that the children ever feel or get a sense of safety in either home. So they're going to look somewhere Hmm. else for a sense of safety. And that's not what we want. So I think parents have to be really, really mindful of the fact that it's their responsibility to provide their children a sense of security, a sense of safety, even after divorce. And that is basically based on the children seeing positive civil interactions between mom and dad and the kids knowing I'm going to get to see mom. I'm going to get to see dad. This is where we're going to be. This is what it's going to look like. And I think often parents are so hurt and so, I guess, in turmoil themselves that they have a hard time expressing this to the children. Yes. I want to be clear about that. It's about conflict between the parents, whether you're married or divorced. I mean, children who grew up in an intact home where mom and dad are still married to one another but miserable – they are dramatically impacted by that level of conflict as well. And so it's as much about the conflict as it is as to whether or not you're still married or in a divorce situation. In other words, do you think this is generally true that divorced co-parents who do a really good job managing their hurt and their anger between one another and they co-parent relatively well, that that creates a fairly safe and stable environment for their children. They're still moving between homes. There's still complications. But if the conflict is low, children benefit from that. Yes? Yes, I think that's true. I think a lower conflict uh, situation or a no conflict situation is mm-hmm. ideal because I think children feel like they have to take sides all the time, even adult children. And that's stress-producing, that's anxiety-producing, and that's really not their job. You know, it's our job as parents to manage our own conflict. Okay, so to the listener, I just want to be really clear about this. Uh, Here's your hope. Your hope is in striving towards cooperative co-parenting. Sometimes I hear people say, well, you know, we're divorced. We can't do anything about that. Therefore, my kids are sunk. No, that's not true. There's a lot you can do even under these circumstances to improve their overall well-being. And it has to do with how you manage the co-parenting relationship between the homes. That's what we're after. That's why we're talking about this today. What in general makes that difficult for co-parents to cooperate? What are some of the emotions? What are some of the things that get in the way of good co-parenting? Hurt is the first one that comes to mind for me. Hurt, betrayal, mistrust, all of the things, you know, that come between moms and dads. And unless those things are somehow addressed, then I always tell my clients, I say, it's kind of like you're dragging a ball and chain into that relationship. It'll come up and poison your co-parenting relationship. I do suggest to my clients that they allow themselves to grieve over their losses. I mean, I always tell them, it may have been a great idea for you to divorce. Sometimes it's necessary. I get that. But that doesn't mean there is no loss. And the worst thing that you lose is time with your children, because never again will you see your children every day. And then added to that is that 
when two people are married, you know how much hurt there is. I mean, marriage is powerful, yes. right? It's really yes. powerful. And so the, the love is powerful and the hurt is powerful. So you take a divorce situation and there are so many offenses that people carry against their ex-spouse. And so I try to suggest that they almost even go down the list of the time you came home drunk, the time you betrayed me, the time you said this to me, the time you didn't listen, or the time you were online shopping and you made us totally poor, all these things. Mm. If you can go down that list and then look at it, face it, and say, okay, I'm releasing this. I'm not going to let this get in the way of my relationship with my children. And sometimes I think facing those things and letting them go is kind of essential because otherwise those things, the minute you look at that person or hear their voice, it's probably a trauma response. It's in there and it just comes out again and again Mm -hmm. and again and again. And that's not helpful for the children particularly. Mm -hmm. They need you all to give each other a clean slate. This is an important connection you're making. My forgiveness work towards my former spouse has everything to do with my ability to be a good co-parent. Mm-hmm. And at the end yes. of the day, children are going to be impacted. If I can't forgive, won't forgive, whatever that is, that gets in the way of creating a good parenting climate. Exactly. And some parents will tell you, but I can't forget. You're asking me to just Mm -hmm. forget. And I always say forgiveness isn't necessarily forgetting. It's facing the offense and for your own sake and the sake of your children letting go of that offense. You're listening to Family Life Today, and we're actually listening to a portion of the Family Life Blended podcast with Mary Jepson. And Ron, as I listen to that, you know, I'm like, oh, this is so important for all of us to understand and to get it. But why is forgiveness so important to good co-parenting? Well, first and foremost, it releases you from the pain. I mean, the irony there is when we hang on to resentment, it locks us into the pain that keeps us stuck. It ties us emotionally to the person who's hurt us. It sort of keeps their power going over us. I mean, that's one of the blessings of forgiveness is you release that and you say, you know what? I'm separate from you. (laughs) No longer are we in the prison cell together. I'm walking out. And now I have choices. Now I can respond differently toward you. I'm not reacting out of hurt. I'm responding out of, wow, here's a thought out of love, out of mercy, out of the mercy I've received from God, I'm now going to extend to you. Walking out of that prison cell opens up that ability. And that's what we want from co-parents. Now your kids are not standing next to two people who are fighting all the time. Yeah. And I think, you know, watching my mom and dad, my mom never got there. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? She never spoke really poorly about my dad in front of me. But, you know, as I even got to doing his funeral as the pastor in the family, my mom didn't even come. Mm-hmm. Wow. She had never forgiven. And so, you know, as a, as her son, I saw that and experienced that, even though I had to get to the point as an adult man 
to forgive my dad. And it affected your whole family. Yeah, everybody. And I imagine even while you're doing your dad's funeral, there's a part of you that's sad that your mom's not there. Oh, exactly. So again, you're caught in the middle. Yeah. Of their hostility. Yep. You know, it was a quiet hostility. It was a cold mm-hmm. war, maybe is a way to say it at that point right. in, the, in the game. But still, it impacts you because these are your parents. I mean, that's an important thing people need to hear. How you react and respond, no matter the age of your child, no matter they're adults, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. They want civility between their parents. Yep. So let's listen to more of my conversation with Mary. I want people to know that there's a whole lot more in this discussion. They probably should listen to the entire podcast if they want to learn. But at one point, she started talking about the games that co-parents play. Now, I think this part of the conversation is really important for parents, grandparents, and extended families. So we're going to share that with you here. So what I call pain games um, is when one or the other spouse, ex-spouse, tries to really punish the other person, Uh more commonly changing schedules, you know, Uh constantly. I'm late. I'm early. I'm not going to see him this Friday. I'm going to change to next Friday. Now, changing schedules is like a broken promise to the children. I mean, they have a particular visitation mm-hmm. schedule, and when we don't meet it, we're breaking our promise to them. And so all of those things kind of have a negative effect on kids. When I say I'm going to be there at 9 o'clock Saturday morning, I need to be there at 9 o'clock Saturday morning, not at 2 o'clock Saturday afternoon. Then mm-hmm. how is the child supposed to trust me? So for some people, it's a sort of a passive-aggressive, oh, I'm sorry, I'm late, and that's creating pain in your life. Maybe it's a payback. Maybe it's just hurt and anger spilling over. But I create pain in your life, and that makes me somehow feel better. But In the meantime, you've got a child who's crying or upset. And guess who has to deal mm-hmm. with the upset child? The one who's waiting, Yeah, whose life has right. been disrupted. That's when parents use the child as a messenger as a detective, sometimes co-parents will have their relationship through their child. I'm working with a couple now who never speak, but the child Mm. is the one who mitigates everything. I met with the child and she said, I don't want to do that anymore. Wow. Mm. Because Hmm. when she's put in that position, she can't have a relationship with mom and a free relationship with dad. There's always something she's got to balance. There's always a piece of information or something. So I spy is when you use your child as a messenger, even if it's about changes of plans, or when you're asking your child things like, oh, is mommy dating or is daddy dating or did daddy go to work? Did daddy get a new car? I mean, those things in and of themselves, there's nothing wrong with them. But when you ask a child, they feel a sense of betrayal. So you're asking the child to be put in a position that they don't need to be in. Wow. Definitely avoid that one. Okay, let's do one more game. You call it setup. Tell us about that. Okay, so I say that setup is common, and it's when you set one of the co-parents up as the bad guy. And 
often there is a bad guy. Some that, sometimes there's somebody with a drug problem or a drinking problem or they had an affair or they have a bad temper. But the child does not need to be privy. The child doesn't need to be privy to that. What that does is that it puts the child in a position where they feel like there's something wrong with the other parent. And then if there's something wrong with the other parent, then there must be something wrong with them because for their whole life they've been told that they're like that other parent or this is like their other parent. Or they don't feel like they should have a free relationship with that other parent. And if that plays out farther down the line, you could be developing an alienating situation from a parent. And parental alienation is a bad thing because what it does is produces a sense of abandonment in your child by one or the other parent. And abandonment is really destructive to children. So I think it's natural at the beginning to kind of say mean things or react. But it's really important if you see that you've done it, apologize to your children and go forward with a positive attitude. Hmm. And certainly stop setting up the other parent as being the bad guy. You know, again, as you were talking, I had a thought, what's implicit in negative comments about the other home that set them up is a request it's almost as if you're saying, okay, because your father, mother, whatever the case is, is an alcoholic, you should be more loyal to me. You should want to spend more time here. You should listen to us. You should, our values should trump their values. It's an implicit request for loyalty to a child. And it, whether you mean it that way or not, that's something they hear and internalize. And then I love the way you said it. They're not free at that point to love the parent. And what a bind, because they do love their parent. They do want to be close. They do want to maintain that that relationship. And some parents would say, but my values are better. Mm. You know, Mm -hmm. here we go to church and we do this and we do that. In that house, they don't go to church and they, they drink in the evening and da, 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 da. If you've got a problem with that, sit down and talk with the other parent. Don't use your child to express that issue. And don't assume that just because you have Christian values does not mean the other family is destructive, you know, because often in divorce, there's a difference in value systems. If the tone is speaking truth in love, then you're gracious about the other home. You're kind and respectful in your tone about the people in the other home. And you can have a difference of values and you can explain that. It's very different when you say, well, our values are better because we love Jesus, because of this, because of that, and therefore you should reject them. That's the nature of what you're saying. Well, that's very destructive and ironically enough, just shows that you don't live your own values. (laughs) Um, I think that's a message that a lot of Christian people really need to take to heart. You know, just because you espouse those Christian values does not give you the right to be malicious in how you deliver or speak about uh, those values with the other home. We've been listening here on Family Life Today to a Family Life Blended podcast that Ron Deal had a conversation with Mary Jepson. And I tell you, Ron, that that last thought, I lived that, you know, watching my single mom talk about my dad's life. His life was not representing Christ. And when I would go down to see him, 
you know, my mom had to juggle this. Now he's going to have girlfriends. He's going to go out. Uh, that was not a part of my life with my mom. And I remember her coaching me as a young 12-year-old and 13-year-old boy to just be careful. And somehow I remember she did it with grace. Man, she could have ripped him pretty badly. She actually did it honorably, but I knew I had my antenna up because my mom prepared me. We all face situations with our kids where we send them into the world, you know, when they get to be teenagers and social media brings that right in through their phone these days. And we have to equip our children to understand the world's values and the Christian values that we want them to live by. I really cringe when Christian people uh, have this spiritual one up hubris that says, well, because we're Christian, because they're not, because we go to this church and they go to that church, you should listen to us. And they're just exuding pride and then expecting their children to not see that pride. I think the irony is in that moment, you're really not demonstrating the humility of Christ. And I think you're losing your voice with your children. You're making it harder for them to embrace your values. Don't elevate yourself. That's the delicate space here. Yes, teach truth. So yes, say, in effect, there's a judgment about how they believe, what their morals are. And I think you just simply say, but this is what we believe. Yeah, and I'll tell you, there's a lot of great wisdom in this podcast with Mary Jepson. You've only heard a portion of it, so go ahead and go get the entire podcast, listen to it, and share it with others. We want to thank Dave and Ann Wilson and their team for another edition of Family Life Today. Although our programs are produced in America, the issues facing families like forgiveness, communication, and taking care of our kids transcend national borders. These issues profoundly affect relationships everywhere. In Australia, family life is known as power to change and our mission is to effectively develop godly families, the kind of families that change the world one home at a time. A key part of our mission includes strengthening marriages and families all around the world. We want to do whatever we can to bring timeless truths to the challenges you face as you seek to strengthen your family and join us in changing the world. Do you have more questions on how to develop healthy marriages, how to be a better parent, how to make romance and sex work well, or how to grow spiritually? Check out some articles that will help challenge you to move forward well at our website. Go to families.powertochange.org.au for more information. You're invited back tomorrow at the same time for another Family Life Today presented by Power to Change in conjunction with this radio station.